Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, sorry, didn't get an episode out last month. I had a lot of technical issues with this episode. Uh, on my end, I did something wrong, or I don't know, the recording got fucked up. So, huge shout out to Tom Whelan, my new amazing producer who literally saved the day. Uh, I'm recording the intro on my phone, but the episode itself, he did an amazing job. Tom, I, I can't thank you enough. I have no idea what you did, but he is a fucking audio wizard. Uh, so today's episode, we've got Ed. He is uh, from the podcast Unaired, which is a really, really fun podcast. I had the great pleasure of actually being a guest on it recently where I got to talk about uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, God, the Devil, and Bob. So Unaired is a podcast about shows that were canceled with uh, unaired episodes. And basically you go on there, talk about shows. Uh, he's done one about like Zombieland and stuff you know, some stuff you might not know. Like the, I did uh, God, the Devil, and Bob, which he let me pick. And, um, and it's fun. You get to kind of make a story like, how would you end this series? And I'm such a sucker for like a a one season show. Uh, so it's a great podcast. Uh, Ed and I have mutual friend with Tyler Marshall, who's a past guest. He's the host of uh, cynical cartoons and multiple things over on the future horse pod network and doing some cool shit for the, uh, Anna forest company right now. And so I think that's how we ended up finding each other, but I'm a huge fan of his podcast. He's a huge, fa- he's a fan of my podcast and, uh, the podcast. It was great. I, I really like Ed and his show will have a, new episode out in a couple of days varying on if you're listening to this when this airs sorry i just i didn't get to post an episode last month that was why i do have a few lined up uh for this next week i'm recording a few episodes so hopefully we'll have a good one or two episode ratio for the next few months until the end of the year and uh you may or may not notice but this is the first episode I'm releasing. Now I am no longer part of the Core Temp Arts Network. I wish Carly and everyone there the best and cannot thank you enough for everything you've done. At one point, I thought I would do like a long state of the pot episode and get into everything, but I just never did. Um, I had no real reason to leave, to be quite honest. No bad feelings. I just, I just did. I uh, just... I just had to, uh, the way I thought of it to myself is I needed to remove every slight barrier that stopped me from recording sometime, and they were nothing but wonderful and kind. It's just, I, uh, I don't know, just felt like, it just felt like the right time to go, but thank you. Please continue to support all the shows on the Quartet Arts Network. If you're new to the show, thanks for listening. Uh, it's obviously you're probably a fan of Ed because he's a great dude. Uh, dig around; there's some cool episodes, and you could uh, you can find Ed online at Unaired Podcast. There's a website unairedpodcast.com. Like it on Facebook, and as always, you know you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Let's Chat Podcast. My email is Let's Chat Podcast at gmail.com. It's cool; people have actually emailed me that uh, for potential guests or say they like the show, and uh, it feels nice. So, all right. Anyway, let's get to it. didn't prepare much because i already know you <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because you were uh, very kind and had me on your podcast unaired which i which i love um which was fun because i 
I, I recently saw like I think I tweeted it to you the a list of like the top unaired pod um not unaired but like one season show like cancellation things no never mind it wasn't anything good it was like shows that you didn't know exist kind of list on like av club and god the devil and bob was on there right (laughs) and i think a few shows that you've done were on there yeah that's kind of like where i like dove into to find shows for the podcast i'll like see random articles online and then when in doubt i just scour wikipedia for 30 minutes (laughs) That makes sense, too, to do the list, because then you also know there's some niche of a fan base who actually might listen to this episode because they know what what you're talking about. Right. And it's actually funny you mentioned that because, like, uh, about a week ago, I was listening to an episode of uh, Rooster Teeth podcast because that's one of my favorite shows. Mm. Uh, that's the very first podcast I ever listened to. And uh, it was funny because one of the hosts of that was talking about God, the Devil, and Bob. <gasps> and and how like because he's from the uk and he was talking about like how it aired all over there but over here it was canceled almost like immediately oh wow i didn't know that it aired in the uk yeah it was weird it was like a surreal moment because i'm just like i just talked about this (laughs) oh you know what i think i do remember reading that that like it got because i I know we talked about it in my episode that we do with you which i'm just gonna rehash but (laughs) but um it was the catholic league that got shut down so I wonder if that was just an American thing. And then they're like, well, there's no Catholic League in Europe, in the UK, and Australia. So maybe it did a full run there. So maybe that's why it has a little bit of a... Because for some reason, someone I knew in college had it on DVD. I'm like, how do you know what this is? Like, were you the only person who stayed home and watched that failed NBC sitcom on whatever it was? Right, and then managed to find the DVD of it. <laughs> yeah, which I, I own the DVD, believe it or not. I've, I've since... Right, some some point in life, I, I rebought it, and it is a uh, great, 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 great show. I, but I don't know. Do you have like a a favorite of the ep- a, a favorite show of the episodes that you've done, like a show that you wish that would have gone on? Well, there was actually um, Conan O'Brien did a uh, a pilot a while back, back in the '90s, with Adam West. Really? It called, yep. It was called Look Well. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, but it wasn't picked up. So you're probably the only other person who will remember Andy Richter controls the universe. Yeah, that's actually on the list. <laughs> I love that. That was actually good because there's Andy Richter PI, which sucked. And then Andy Richter controls the universe. And there's this my favorite thing in it was um, Andy had two televisions on both sides of the bed. So when he would roll over, he could watch TV. And that was like, my <laughs> dream for like years. Man, that's still my dream. <laughs> yeah, but that's before TVs were flat. So, like, you know, you those big clunky things. Uh, oh, yeah, the big old CRTs. <laughs> yeah. I, and in college, I, my, I had a roommate who was uh, thrown out of school and left his television because he lived in Arizona. So I was like, it's just cheaper to buy a new TV than it is to ship one from Vermont to Arizona. So for, like, half a semester, I had video games on my one TV, and I would watch and have the other TV going, and it was, like, the dream. Like, people would <laughs> hang out in my room like, guys, I have two TVs. So, that must have been, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> that should explain my whole college experience. Want to go out and party? Mm, guys, I can play PlayStation 2 and watch a DVD at the same time. These newfangled uh, DVDs... Well, not DVDs were around, but they... The the releasing of all the things that I loved as a kid be kind of became 
around that time, so it's like maybe 2006. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just when I had money and noticed. But like, I remember going. I'd go to Walmart, and then like all the cartoons I loved and family uh, dinosaurs, and um, if, if at least from my recollection, it was um, Family Guy. Like the first time it got canceled and came back, it was because of its DVD sales. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I I actually uh, still own that DVD. Me too. Like the the combo first and second season. Yeah, yeah, and that was like the first that was the first DVD I bought, and then it was like, oh, I could buy and all these other ones I would buy, and just became obsessively buying old cartoons and TV shows that I used to to watch, and then uh, some hold up and some don't, and then life comes sometimes comes full circle, and then you end up interviewing some of those people on your podcast. So life is crazy. Yeah, it's weird. You know, what's even weirder is like looking back to I found a bunch of my old VHS tapes and TV shows that used to be like, oh, we're just going to put four episodes on a VHS and people will buy that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I found a bunch of uh, old Pokemon videos and I'm like, holy shit. These are just like non sequential episodes just randomly thrown on a tape. Even like South Park did that. They would be like the Cartman whatever. And it would just be like six episodes of a Cartman. Right, and it was weird, like, when DVDs kind of started, like, picking up steam. Like, you would see, like, Friends and stuff where it'd be, like, the Chandler episodes, and it'd be, like, four random episodes that heavily featured Chandler or something. Yeah. Even when they're releasing, like, full seasons. Uh, Yeah, it was, like, kind of, like, comparable to, like, a Greatest Hits album. Like, it was kind of seemed to be following the CD market. Right. And it was odd, because I fell for all of it. Oh, I did, too. (laughs) I still have, like... I mean, hell, even, like, the series finale of Friends, they released that as, like, a one-off on the DVD. Oh. I have a DVD somewhere where it's literally just one episode of Friends. I don't know if I ever saw the last episode of Friends. I mean, it's all right. I really got... When Friends came to, like, Hulu or Netflix or whatever it's on, is it Netflix? Yep, it's Netflix. It's Netflix, okay. I was like, oh, my God, Friends. Because it was like, I'm more of a Seinfeld in the Seinfeld camp, but it was always mm-hmm. on, so I definitely like it. I rewatched it, and the first, like, five seasons, even the first couple, few are, like, gold. And then I just lose interest, and then I realize that I only like X amount of seasons of Friends. I don't care about the last, like, half. Yeah, they kind of did that thing where a lot of sitcoms, they end up getting three or four too many seasons. The Office did that as well. Yeah, as soon as Michael left, they should have just, just ended it. There's even part of me that feels like it could have ended before he left. Like, the season with um, Idris Elba and, like, the Cafe Disco, they could have yeah. ended it with Hyman Holly right then, and I would have been fine. Because there's, like, this episode, the christening episode is, like, the worst one they've ever did. I mean, there's it was just fucking garbage. And, like, some but, of that stuff with, like, Wolf wasn't really that great. Yeah, but all in all, worst episode cringe-wise, is Scott's Tots. Yeah, why do I hate that episode so much? <laughs> it was It's just the so most uncomfortable weird. half hour of TV. And not in, like, the fun way. It was just the, is this racist? I can't tell. Right, and, like, the fact that you have to watch this 40-something-year-old man ruin a bunch of teenagers' lives. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I give him credit for trying. I did for... Re, re, semi-recently go through the i had like he left i didn't like the robert california storyline i don't know about you but i'm one of these people that if i don't like the show i just stop some people will plow through but i just i'm not one of those people 
and I finally watched all of season eight and nine. I have to say it does pick up pretty well in nine again. Like there's some stuff I like in there and it ends really nicely. Yeah. Once, uh, once Andy kind of went off on his own and they stopped trying to make him the new Michael, it kind of found its groove again. It was like Stella. It got its groove back. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have? A, what is your favorite season of the office or that's not season. Do you have like a favorite episode? Like what's your go-to? Uh, honestly, I love the, um, what was it? Gay witch hunt. I watched it today. It's so funny. And just the fact that the, uh, kiss between Michael and Oscar was unscripted and Steve Carell just went for that. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things ever. And everybody's reactions. Oh my God. It's so great. And then the best part of the end of it is it's like, Dwight's like, guess what I learned about Oscar. He's not sick. <laughs> he doesn't realize that he's gay. <laughs> it's pretty great. And Dwight gets him, or uh, not Dwight, uh, Jim gets him the fake gaydar, which is just a metal detector with a Sharpie written on it. I'm a big fan of season two, and I think that's, um, I've watched season two a hundred times. That was a DVD. I was working in Vermont one summer at a college. I worked at a college at like a academic summer camp, and we didn't have tel- we didn't have cable. And the only DVD I had was like a scrub season and an office season. And we we worked like 18, 20 hour days. Like it was insane. But we would all like get stoned and drunk or whatever. And we would just watch the office season two together. Like all of us over and over. And it never got bad. I think the Dundies is like the one that I come to. But I like a lot of the later ones as well. Like in terms of later seasons, Cafe Disco is like possibly their best episode. It's so good. Honestly, like a lot of the older stuff. Because they have established these characters so well, they can like like the uh, the Michael and Pam or not Michael. Damn, I'm bad with names today. The uh, Jim and Pam wedding, like that, they they were able to give like such a heartfelt like moment in that episode. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just the fact that they're able to do that. A lot of shows can't do that very well. They kind of try, but you're not invest. That show invests you in the characters. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And it was hard to see Jim and Pam not get along. Yeah, that last season, the one thing I definitely didn't like was the whole, um, oh, sorry, my cat's bumping my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> the whole, um, that side plot where the sound guy was trying to date Pam, it was so weird. Chris Demotopoulos, I think is his real name. Yeah. I just know him from Silicon Valley. Yeah, it was just, it felt like they were trying to force drama into the show i liked that they interacted with the camera crew i thought that part was cool but yeah, yeah. it was kind of like you guys already did this and then it kind of felt to me honestly it felt like a portrayal of what we come to love pam that she's just this woman who's a damsel in distress and if things don't go great she'll like um run away from her partner or whatever which right wasn't pam she loved jim that was the whole point of the whole season's Right, and they, like, established her, too, as, like, this strong, independent character, too, because, like, she decided, hey, I want to go to art school, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go off on my own and be at art school, like, stuff like that, or when, uh, the Michael Scott Paper Company, when she decided, hey, I'm going to leave Dunder Mifflin and go off with Michael. No, yeah, yeah. She was a strong character, and they just kind of took that all away from her just for those episodes. Yeah, it's like... I'm sure people, I I personally felt that way, stuck in a relationship or stuck in a job or just things aren't going the way you want to. And 
she was depressed in the beginning of it, you know, like not like clinically depressed, but you could just see there's this woman who just wasn't living her full potential. And she knew that. And her and Jim had this thing. Oh God, it's so great. When they first kissed, I screamed and ripped out my hair. <laughs> that was a uh, season two finale, right? Yep. So I don't, I, I, I didn't coin this theory, but I, I heard someone say on the Bill Simmons podcast that they, the, that the office is like, our gener like the like streaming generations friends like it's the thing that people who stream watch more than anything because it's like a show you watch maybe once because you love it and then it's just perfect background noise like i watch it over and over i actually have been working from home a little bit the last few days and been watching the office as my background because it's just perfect background noise yeah i coincidentally i actually saw something on reddit today where uh, somebody compared it to Seinfeld, saying like it's this generation Seinfeld in the same regards as it's just something you you've seen every episode of, you know everything about it, and then you just keep you just keep it on in the background. And people who aren't like TV nerds, if you will, or people who like maybe don't pay attention, watch nearly as much TV. Like it's part of the the zeitgeist because I reference it at work to people who don't know what a Marvel movie is, but they watch The Office. You know, it kind right. of cuts across that weird boundary. Right, especially with, like, some of the phrases. Like, that's what she said. I know it wasn't, like, initially coined by The Office, but it became so popular afterwards. You know what I mean? I had a good one yesterday at work. Can I tell you what it was? I'm so proud. Oh, I definitely want to hear this. <laughs> I was with my friend uh, Adam, who does not know how to listen to a podcast, so he'll never hear this. But um, <laughs> one of our nurse practitioner had brought in some fun. She has some family friends that are nuns that run a chocolate factory, which is a whole story unto itself that I thought was fascinating. But so she brought in some candy that from them and it was like a block of, of like maple fudge, which is delicious. So I was like cutting it and I'm cutting up a piece of it. And he's like, dude, just use your fingers. And I not paying attention. I just screamed. That's what she said in front of like all <laughs> of my coworkers and supervisor. And thankfully everyone watched the office. Cause they're like, nice. That worked. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> I'm not sexually <laughs> harassing anyone. <laughs> Isn't that so awkward when, like, you just instinctively make a joke like that? Yeah, like, all the time. Like, uh, I uh, do this dumb thing where, like, somebody be like, wow, that's stupid. I'll be like, you're stupid, like, that type of thing. Like, I'll be yes! like, you're so-and-so. And um, my girlfriend at one point went, wow, that's ugly. And I just go, you're, wait, nope, nope. Yep. <laughs> I, like, caught myself right at the end. I'm like, I will die if I say that. Yeah. You're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or I used to like Scrubs to make so is your face. God, Scrubs is so. Good. I actually just started rewatching Scrubs because I saw it's on Hulu. Oh, and that's just oh, it's such a good show. So I made. I'm lucky. I never knew that there was a season after season eight. So I just thought it was over. So I never saw the last last season, the ABC version. Yeah, it's. I heard it sucks. It's, it's a weird bastardization. Like it's basically a spinoff, is what it is. But they just kind of kept it as main scrubs. Kind of like it sounded like. So I've been told it's like the Saved by the Bell, the new class. Right. But, like, um, I feel like it would have done a little better if they marketed it as like uh, Scrubs Resident Life or something like that. Yeah. Where it wasn't. It, it feels like they tricked people into watching a spinoff. Yeah, I um, that's a show I really. And I, I, I could see how people hate Scrubs. That's probably one of those things. It's like you either love it or hate it. I'm on the complete like obsession and obsession. I've watched uh, one of the early DVDs I've purchased, watched it a hundred times. I watched it on Hulu. I watched it on Netflix. I watched it on the Comic Central. I watched it all through college. My wife and I have watched it together. It's just 
I don't know. It's just, it could be one of those things like my group of friends and I would get obsessed with this something. Like the Office is one of those things, or Scrubs is like one of those things. Because it, it would trick you. It was emotionally manipulative before This Is Us. Because <laughs> uh, it can make you laugh, it can make you cry. Like you'll be watching it and all of a sudden the fray kicks in and you're like, oh god! <laughs> yeah, or like, I don't know. The The best description I've heard of it is like, I don't know if it's a comedy or a drama, yeah. but I love it. <laughs> but you could, I, the, well, I used to work at a Starbucks in Connecticut and the fray had come in. And, um, I was, so I was talking to the fray and of course I just had to talk to him about scrubs. I'm like, you're assholes. You make me cry in scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor, oh, and they're like, yeah, us too. <laughs> but, yeah. That one seems, that's like one of the main like kickers of that show is that one scene. Oh, uh, is that when they lose three patients because of the germs? And they all, yep. oh, and then, what about him, newbie? He didn't have to go. And then yep. he, like, cape falls off, and it's like, step one. Oh, God. You know what got me the most? I remember watching this. I hope my dad doesn't hear this. I remember my, I got my dad into it. We were watching Scrubs season two when Brendan Fraser dies, and you yep. don't know he's going to die. And then the first, you know, that it does that, like, where do you think we are right now? Like that, like, JD thing. And I look over, and my dad's, like, hiding his face, and I'm hiding my face. I'm like, oh, my God, is this really happening? What? And, like, just going through all the all the feelings. Yeah, that's, like, the main one. Like, everybody knows that moment, though. Where do you think you are now? I do that to my wife to fuck with her sometimes. <laughs> just, like, third door, like, real serious, like, where do you think you are right now? Like, Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, borderline gaslighting her. <laughs> yeah, she's gaslighting her. And then she's like, stop it! I'm like, you know, a bunch of baby people don't know my son. And I try to remember the Cox line, but forget it. And then it pans out and it's at a funeral and it plays that's like long December and they're all in black and they're crying. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so how did you start your podcast? Um, Just kind of like how most people start. I was just bored one day and was just like, hey, I should do a podcast. And then I ended up doing one. <laughs> can I can I quote the office for you? Like, yeah. who 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 do you think you are? Who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, I, I know you know what I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want you to imagine I've given you a rock that I wrote with a piece of paper around it that says, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's awesome. And so how do you know Tyler? I know you – was Tyler on your show or were you on Tyler's show? Um, Actually, both. Um, Tyler. I met him – I met him through uh, Reddit, the subreddit r slash podcasts. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, he I was on my it. show, and I guested on his show, and yeah. It was, it was a fun time. I love that, dude. Uh, we're talking about Tyler Marchant of, um, I don't know what to do, like a bajillion podcast, but I think Future Horse Productions, I guess. And I, I've been on Cynical Cartoons a bunch of times, and I think that's what we're talking about, that his main one. And now it's crazy. I don't know if you like, Keep, I mean, I I've never met him in real life. We're like, you know, podcast pals or whatever. But um, he's like doing, he's like a fucking editor for like the Anafaris company. Yeah, he's like killing it out there. He's he's like in general, he's just a phenomenal podcaster. And on top of that, he's great at editing too. Like his podcast sounds so clear, so crisp. Yeah. So I think he's like that, like. I don't need to make this about him specifically, but there's like this certain thing where like he is like in the exact right position in the right age with the right skill set for like an industry that's just booming. Like I'm 34. I might've just missed it. Cause I didn't go to school for that stuff. So like, I don't, I could never do what he does. He's 
but like he's like that right age where like i want a career oh this new field is happening and then the right thing he's then he works his ass off and i'm, I'm so happy for him and he's, he's such a good guy but it's just so funny like this little industry wasn't this wasn't a job for people years 10 year 10 or 11 years ago for anyone and now it's like an actual field Right, and you're like even when a lot of people started their podcasts, like this wasn't even a thing. Like, you know what I mean? No, I, I have a friend who is like uh, a real life friend actually here in Rhode Island, so not even like an LA or New York job, and he's a podcast booking agent. He works for a podcast booking agency in Warwick, <laughs> which is insane. It's just yeah, this the industry like has just ramped up substantially over the past few years. Which I love because it's like it's still maybe at some point it'll get a little more commercialized and we'll get more segregated. But there's definitely the sweet spot where like when people are going to media tours and they just aren't they're passionate, they'll talk to me and then they'll go on like WTF with Mark Maron. All right, that's never happened. But, you know, bigger shows. <laughs> but um, actually, I, I have known people who've had guests that and their episode was released on WTF at the same day, you know, like comedians and stuff like so it's insane. Like they there isn't seem. I don't know about you, but like, for whatever reason, no one has ever asked me to prove my downloads when I tell them what they are. So like, when you're booking a guest, well, I guess, well, trying to bless them to this PR people, just lie. <laughs> you just say you get 150,000 downloads and do, okay. No one's ever asked me for proof. <laughs> I think it's, I never had, what? yeah. <laughs> I've never thought to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I just, um... I've been pretty fortunate that I've been able to go through people, talk to people directly. But when I'm going to like a PR person or something, you need to like present it a little bit differently. But yeah, no one's ever asked me my numbers, which you think they would. Because like people's time is limited or whatever. See, I think part of it is because it's such like a new, new thing. Even like the fact that this existed for upwards of 10 years, like it's still relatively new. And a lot of, celebrities and comedians and stuff they're just getting into it so i feel like this is new territory for them so they're not quite sure how to approach it you know what i mean and it's fun like people seem to have fun like there's a lot of good people out there that just want to talk you know even like like i talk to people like it's just it's crazy and like you shouldn't talk to me but they're like yeah whatever fun exactly it's like insane the amount of like they're, they're willing to just like give up time yeah, just like, because they're like, hey, sure, why not? I talked to the writer, a, a Simpson, like one of the per, someone who's been at The Simpsons forever, because he was promoting his new Netflix show that he knows Netflix isn't going to do any promo for, and he was just doing all the Potter and Family type shows, because and you know, and I just was able to hop on that, and he's like the nicest guy, and he's still sweet sometimes, but like it's insane. I'm like, but you can go on real podcasts, you can go on Joe Rogan, and I'm sure you will, <laughs> but like it's it's insane. Yeah, uh, you're referring to uh, Michael Price, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, dude, dude's been on a bunch of podcasts, and he, he's super awesome. I just like anytime I see a podcast come up in my feed, it's like Michael Price. I'm like, oh, I gotta listen to this one. He's the nicest human being. Um, I got uh, there's a. Have you ever been to Rhode Island? I know you're a mass, but you're on the other side. Yeah, um, I actually used to date someone who went to school in Southern Connecticut. And because I went to school in Eastern Mass, I used to have to drive through Rhode Island. The worst. Yep, it was uh, it was weird because I'd get on the highway, and I'd just be driving through an entire state just to visit someone. What what part of Connecticut? Uh, New Haven. Oh yeah, SCSU. Like that area. The New Haven uh, Zoo. 
I think so. So I'm from Connecticut. Yes. I'm trying to think of what it was. It was. There's only like two or three. There's Southern, and then there's um UNH. UNH. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, um. But so we have like a free magazine that you see all over called the Rhode Island Monthly, and they I got they did like um five podcasts that aren't Crime Town kind of write up, <laughs> and um I got a write up in that, which was was a real highlight, and the Simpsons episode is the one that they focused on. That was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I loved it. It was really nice. Um, have him on your podcast. He'll probably do it. He's, he's a nice human being. And yeah, I I actually um talked to him a little while ago because I, I was trying to see if he wanted to do an, a, a show that he's worked on. That Home got boys from outer space. Uh, no, I didn't even think about that. But um, uh, we were gonna cover the PJs. Oh yeah, the Eddie Murphy show. Yeah, but uh, timing just didn't work out on my end just because I was going. It was like midwinter and my job was kind of like hey every time it snows we're gonna screw you over and we're just gonna basically have you work for 10 11 hours in a row and then go to sleep and then come right back yeah (laughs) oh that's so good yeah he i i i said this to his face but he um has worked on one of the greatest and what is considered one of the worst television programs of all time which yeah. I was not aware of Homeboys from Outer Space, but I've seen it on list as like considered like the worst television program of all time, or up there. I'm like, it's on all those top ten lists of the worst shows ever. Yeah, it's like one of those things that like I haven't actually looked into, but it's piqued my curiosity enough that I'm like, I gotta watch that someday. Yeah, and it, but then it made me when he was talking to me that I was like having that interview. It gave me a new perspective on television writers and like, oh, it's a job, and. Right. A guy who writes on the worst show of all time could also write for one of the greatest. Writes for the fucking Simpsons for like 15 years. So I was like, oh. He actually worked on A Real Monsters, which is one of my. Well, and he also worked on Teen Angel. And for some reason, I think he said I was the first person that would not leave him alone about that. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, that was a show I thought I made up for years because no one ever knew what I was talking about. See, that's such a weird phenomenon where like things from your childhood, you'll be like. I swear I've seen this, but like nobody knows what this is. And I didn't care enough to Google it. You know, do you do you remember a TV show called Teen Angel? It was. I te- <laughs> I'm part of the problem. I don't. no, it's okay. It's not good. It was like a a very short lived TGIF show where the premise was a kid dies from eating a hamburger <laughs> under the bed and comes back as an angel. That sounds like something I would do. And like- it's- <laughs> yeah, and it's literally created by like uh, the two like the two guys who run the Simpsons. <laughs> no, 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 fool them. And it was yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't terrible. And then there's this other show on member from TJF. I can never put enough. If anyone's listening, please at me, because I can never put enough information together into the internet to put it together. But it was a show on T, or I never care enough to rather. There's this TGIF show. And it was like a sitcom, and it's not dinosaurs, but they were like aliens, and there's something to do with chocolate pudding, and that's all I remember about it. And it was on right after Teen Angel. It might have been one of those things that aired once, and I just happened to be the one person who watched it. Eats chocolate pudding and his aliens. It, it, it's not memorable. Like, it's nothing in the culture. Or, I mean, I would have to go look at a list of all the TGIF programming, which I guess I could have done a million times. And just, you know, you think of it, and you're like, I don't care that much. Now, are you entirely sure you weren't just eating a snack pack and watching Coneheads? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do, that, that is possible. No, no, because it wasn't like human aliens. They were puppets. 
and they're blue. Oh, that's even weirder. Yeah, it was really weird. And were they secretive? But it was like, I don't know. It was like trying to be like a sitcom, I think. I don't know. I can, For some reason, I have the vision of the house, and it looked like the house from Elf. A-L-F, not um, Elf. But yeah, that was weird. Yeah, there's like a lot of... I don't know why people try and make puppets such a thing in TV. Like there's a <laughs> like 1960s show, Thunderbirds or something like that, where it's just entirely puppets. And it looks like an uncanny valley, creepy version of Team America. <laughs> and it's just so... Even Team America, like it's a great movie, but watching it creeps me out so much sometimes. Yeah, but I think they were playing with the format, you know? That's why it was so right. funny, because they weren't even trying. They're like, we'll just do a bunch of marionettes. Like, what's what are people not expecting from us? Marionette puppets. Not just that, a uh, three-minute-long scene where marionettes are bumping uglies. Like, Can you promise me you'll never die? Yes, I can. And, <laughs> uh, it is, it's, that is a disgusting sex scene. Yeah, it's just so weird. Man. My wife overheard that and made a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference. <laughs> what was the reference? Title of your sex tape? <laughs> That's like one of my favorite recurring jokes in TV. Oh. oh, boy. Yeah, you know, I wish that would become the the new That's What She Said. And that's one reason I was excited to talk to you again, because when we did our episode, we almost derailed to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine for an hour, because you're one of the few people I know who actually watches it. It's such a good show. That's actually right, like... You know when you have like a TV show you kind of put on to uh, fall asleep to because you've watched mm-hmm. it so much? Right now, that's Brooklyn Nine-Nine for me. That's great. But you know what's different about Brooklyn Nine-Nine comparatively to like The Office, which I, I actually think Brooklyn Nine-Nine has these moments where it actually has like social commentary. And there, every season, there's a real story narrative arc where The Office doesn't seem, which I like The Office, but The, the Office is about the characters evolving as people or poorly. But Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like, there's some crazy shit. Like, every, you don't even realize it's happening until the whole season's over. Like, Holt ends up in prison, or that Jake and uh, and Holt end up in Florida, you know? Right, and like, especially season five, they, they definitely have started to go into social issues a lot more. Like, it started out going into that a little bit with, like, Captain Holt and the fact that he's a black gay policeman, and he always mentions that like coming up in like the eighties and nineties was rough for him because it was just a lot of discrimination. And they, they touch on that a little bit, but season five, they just kind of go all in with stuff like that, especially with Rosa. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure you know this because you're like me and probably read everything as well. Um, she is a bisexual in real life and that's why they wrote the story. Yep. Also her voice is completely different in real life. She's like kind of like a valley girl in a way. Yeah, she's almost like, "Hi, I'm Stephanie." Like, yeah, it's uh, kind of that, funny. Like that episode where um, she's getting like the perm and all that stuff to try and uh, get uh, information yes. about uh, someone they're tracking down. That's more like her real voice than Rose's actual voice. Oh, I, and it's got a very diverse cast, you know. I mean, I'm, whoever thought that Raymond Holt... Um, I'm sorry. Um, oh, my God. What's his real name? Andre Brower. Andre Brower could be so funny. Dude is perfectly cast. The breath, the curvature of the breast. Hide the camera! <laughs> like, he's, he's... Oh, my. He's... When he says hot damn, I don't, I don't know. Did you ever see Homicide Life on the Street? 
I did not. I did not. But it's by it's yeah. from the people who do The Wire. So it's yeah, like it's a neo- real, he's like a very serious actor. Yeah, it's it's weird seeing him, and because pretty much all of his roles before that have been serious roles. Like, yeah, even but... that um Ray Romano show he was on, Men of a Certain Age, like that, like kind of was more of a dramedy, but was more in the drama. But what's so interesting is that he plays so serious against and that him and Andy Samberg play against each other so well with Joe Latrugio and uh, Melissa Firmo and uh, uh, you know I, I think uh, Gina is like the least good character. Which is even saying something because she's still a great character. Yeah, she's great, but she's my least favorite of them all. I love Terry. I love Hitchcock and Scully. I just, I don't know, I love all of them. <laughs> I actually just found out um, the episode where uh, Terry and Holt are visiting Rosa in prison. And uh, Hitchcock is with them and starts, like, making out with the glass for some inmate. Uh, the inmate that he's like on a conjugal visit with quote unquote, because behind glass, uh, that's actually that actor's wife in real life. Oh, yeah. That's so sweet. I think, um, the, sh- the bald guy, he was like on Bonanza or something crazy. Yeah. I saw, um, somebody posted a picture of like Hitchcock and Scully from like their early days of acting. And it's so weird. Like, yeah, they're like those character actors have been doing it forever. And now they're, like, these schlubby characters that like naps and eating everything. Like, <laughs> And what, one thing I want to point out about the diversity of that show. So Stephanie Beatrice, who plays uh, one of the – she's Rosa, that plays, like, this amazing character. She's on a few – one or maybe a few episodes of Modern Family where she plays a maid who barely speaks English. So talk about casting. Yeah. Wasn't she – Um. oh, wait, no, she's her sister. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't she the sister? Because, like, until you said that, yeah. I didn't put two and two together. But then I'm thinking back, like, oh, shit. I know exactly what episode you're talking about. Yeah, she's, like, Gloria's sister. And she talks, and she has, like, a really character. I don't want to, sh- I don't know. Modern Family is, I don't like it anymore, but it did have some good seasons. Yeah, it definitely is one of those shows, like Friends, where at some point it kind of passed the point of no return. It's a cash cow. You know what I mean? Too many people's right. paychecks depend on it. It's like one of the it's like a big bang theory where it's like it started out, people liked it, and it just became so big that they can't cancel it because what else are they gonna do? I've actually never seen the Big Bang Theory. The first couple episodes, like, if you can get past the whole like, oh, we're nerds, ha 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 type of thing, it's not terrible. But after That's what that I've heard. it's just it, it yeah, goes I, off the deep end very quick. There's a part of me that thinks I would have liked it if I saw it when it started, but then I hated the fan base so much I just couldn't do it. Yeah. It's my own it's thing, like, I know. It's weird, because, like, it's from, like, that Chuck Lorre camp of shows, and, like, when I, growing up, I used to watch Two and a Half Men all the time, which probably isn't the best thing for a uh, adolescent young boy to watch, but... Ooh. Yeah. It's, it, it's like, one of those shows... Like, Two and a Half Men... Like, the f- early episodes, like, I still get a chuckle out of. But, man, his shows just, like, they beat you over the head with the laugh track. Mom's is actually pretty good. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. 
which I didn't expect because I'm not really the biggest fan of Chuck Lorre, but but I get it. Like, I mean, there's just a place for everything. So, are you one of those people who gets mad about reboots? It depends, cause like I used to, and then Twenty One Jump Street came out, and it was just phenomenal. Yeah. And then I was just like, you know what? Some reboots can be good. Not yeah. everything is going to be bewitched. I kind of like that movie. <laughs> I know it's a very unpopular opinion to have. Hey, I mean, it's got Will Ferrell in it, so like... Yeah, it's not as bad as people made it out to be. Maybe it is. I'm also... Don't don't ever ask me about movies. I'm usually not the critic <laughs> by any means. <laughs> I, 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 um, I guess that people are getting mad that everything's getting rebooted, and they're probably right, but now I'm like, I get to a point where like, there's like 700 new shows coming out next year. If they want to make Roseanne again, I don't care. I will literally right. watch something else. And I actually love the old Roseanne. And I thought the reboot was okay. But I didn't really watch it. Just because it erased so much of the canon. Yeah, I didn't get past the first episode. Like the original, good, but... the original Roseanne, like you said, it's a good show. But this new one, I feel like they delved... Sorry, they... They bash you over the head with the whole, like, oh, we're going to do a bunch of, like, stupid political humor. It's like, I don't want that. I want sitcoms to escape from real life sometimes. Yeah, and then it was just, like, nodding at the camera. Remember when you thought Dan was dead, you stupid idiot? Yeah. (laughs) That last season doesn't count. (laughs) That actually really offended me. And now she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. I'm really hoping. I'm just going to watch the first episode to see if they make her, like, overdose on Ambien or something. Oh, that'd be so funny. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, I'm actually very excited about the Murphy Brown reboot because from what I'm seeing, it actually looks like they're just kind of continue a continuation. Where like, I guess I, I didn't watch Well and Grace, but I guess they just like erased a whole season. Like Murphy Brown is interesting because from what I saw the commercials, this was like everyone leaves FYI, which is the network they worked out, and then they all come back for the because of 2016 election so they all come back to journalism in some weird way and then it's like i kind of like that where that the time passes in real time where in roseanne it didn't it was just pl- it was just trying to i don't know yeah i, I get that do it for me it was too much like look at this old cast and and i and i, I felt that um you know what reboot i this that I, I i keep talking about to anyone who will listen ducktales i've heard it's good the last episode literally brought me to tears. It was so good. I had to check it, it out because the voice act, the voice acting cast for that is just amazing. That's why I watched it because I love all those people. And then you have like fucking Lin Manuel Miranda, and that was as Gizmo Duck, and Allison Janney does a whole episode, and like, so I was like, all right. And then they put the first episode on YouTube, and it's really good. Like it's, and they reference the cartoons, they reference the comic books, like it's these dudes know what they're doing and there's so many references to tailspin and um darkwing duck and like it almost is as if it's a, like if they just took a combination of the whole disney afternoon and all the old cartoons and comic books and and, and put it in a blender so like there's so many darkwing duck references there's a whole episode with um characters from tailspin that are in it so it's really cool it's it's really good see like i was just like on the tail end pun intended of ducktales so i didn't watch it a lot growing up but it's still one of those things that like that's as I, like yeah exactly i saw it and like as i grew older i was just like oh you know what 
is on TV. I'll just watch it. Yeah, I think that's how most things were, right? And they had some movies. I don't even know if the cartoons were that good from the 80s, but I remember liking them. But this is like a golden... It's like a renaissance, man. Kate Mikuchi as Webby Duck is the most amazing thing. So I, 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 she's so good. And then Ben Schwartz and then Danny Pudi and Horatio San, I think. Yep. And David Tennant. They have a yep. fucking Doctor Who reunion in the season finale. They have yeah, David that's... Tennant and uh, Catherine Tate, who sucked on The Office, by the way. Yeah, she was a weird character. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were doing there. I don't think they knew what the hell they were doing. I think everyone left, and they were just trying to keep that fucking gravy train going, which I understand. It just didn't work. Yeah. It's a shame, too, because, like, NBC has some of the best comedies ever. And things will get canceled, like, willy-nilly, but then you have a show like The Office where it ends up going past its prime. Parks and Rec did not Parks do that. Rec. Parks oh and Rec, God. I think, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, is it perfect? I have a co-worker a friend at work who just started it and they never saw it. And every, I'm like, just skip season one. They're like, no, I gotta see it all. I was like, just trust me. Get to episode seven and it gets better and better. And every like week, he's like, oh my God, this just show gets better and better. He's like, does it fall off? I'm like, no. The last season does a time jump and they end it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Every time I rewatch it, I always skip season one. I can't yeah, go too. back to it. I'll never do it. It feels like a different show. I love the last season so much. It is very good. Like, I watch that finale all the time. Well, that's a show you put on one episode, then you end up watching the whole series. You're like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll watch the last couple episodes, and oh, I gotta see the beginning of seven. See- <laughs> I start at two, and then three, and then all of a sudden you're like, crap. My favorite episode of all of them is the end of the world party. I think that's the episode that encapsulate what is Parks and Rec. Is that the one with um where Ron's just like, don't worry, I have a permit, and he ends him a piece of paper that says, I can do what I want? No, it's the one with the cult leaders and the the party of Forever Entertainment 720. Oh, it's the Enter 7. Okay. So they'll travel around the world twice. And like, there's some slumps. I didn't love the city council stuff, but on second watch, I liked it. Yeah, it's definitely got its peaks and valleys throughout that but like overall it's just a phenomenal show it did a reverse office yes started out terrible and then it just came into its own i think think... part of it is because they tried to make it essentially an office spinoff at one point it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a a piece of uh, a thing of paper lands in pawnee indiana and that was going to be ann perkins but then they abandoned that and then they made her be like Michael Scott, and that did not work. She's yeah. dumb in the first six episodes. She's just, a, but then it just turns into unbridled optimism and hard work. And no lie, my wife literally used um, a line from Parks and Recreation in our wedding vows. <laughs> so that's how we're, we're we're all about it. I can only hope that it's. Are you using a frisbee as a dish? <laughs> I wish it was. No, it was the uh, I love you and I like you. But that, I think that would be great, too. Oh, come on, Leslie. I like <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was even watching the older ones recently with with Louis C.K. in them. And I uh, I always liked him, but I always kind of thought he was a little overrated. Like there's always something off about him. I, did, I could never put my finger on. And I think I figured out what it was. Yeah, uh, he put his finger on something else. <laughs> yeah. 
And if you don't think it's bad to masturbate in front of women without their consent and trapping in rooms, what about the hundreds of careers he's ruined to keep silent? So fuck you, Louie. Uh, yeah. I, I like him. I, you know what I found with him? Um, and this isn't more about him. I found that people who like really got into him as like the next George Carlin were the shittiest dudes I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Like people who like, you just don't get the genius of Louis CK. I'm like, dude, he's great. He's no one's taken away that he's not funny. I've seen him. I've seen him do stand up. He's hilarious. But man, he actually just uh, did stand up for the first time since this whole thing happened. I know. Uh, and I read that he made a rape joke. How? Oh, fucking... God. Yeah. He didn't address anything. And I mean, I saw the jokes on Twitter. It's like you showed up and performed as a surprise without people's consent. So, you know, it was interesting. I, I was I don't know the answer, but I was I didn't think it was cool. Yeah. It's one of those issues where it's like difficult to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Like, well, it's, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's tough for me. Like, I've never finished Louis because, like, I can't go back and watch it now because I no. feel uncomfortable watching it, knowing what I know now. And, like, at the very least, what if, like, what you want from him or anyone when they do something wrong is, like, self-reflection and apology and get some help and try to make amends. But all these dickheads didn't even do that. He's like, all right, I just won't be famous for ten months and I'll come right back like nothing happened. Right. It's and, shitty. And, like, certain things, like, there is no apology. Like, you're done. No, like, and his was weird. He's like, I uh, he literally just mocks people for showing his cock to people. It was weird. Were you yeah. a fan of Nerdist? I okay. was, but I wasn't a fan of Nerdist per se. But I did, I did watch At Midnight a lot. Yeah, me too. And then, um, so I guess the Hardwick thing. I mean, I personally stand. With, I stand. I when I read the things that Kaloli wrote, I didn't not believe it. Should so regardless if it happened or not, whatever people want to argue with me. On, I would just say, like, after listening to thousands of hours of Nerdist podcast and reading that article, I was like, I don't know. It sounded believable. So, exactly. Like, it, his personality, it fits with what she was saying. Yes. It, yes. Exactly. So, like, you know, I don't know what happened by any means, um, but it just it just seemed like, I mean, I'm in the belief, the, the camp of, like, what, what, why would she write that? Because like it did, nothing came out of it. Throughout. I mean, she w- there is no positive thing for her to get out of it. It wasn't like she was extorting him for money or anything. And right. she did just like kind of disappear. And I didn't follow her closely, but the control stuff and like it's weird when you look back when people leave these breadcrumbs about what their bad behavior is. But like he would always, always spend every episode talking about outrage, cult- outrage culture as if he was prepared for it. Yeah, it's it's one of those instances where like i definitely side with chloe on this because like i i firmly believe like you gotta initially trust what the victim's saying and like you gotta get like go into it and see what the facts are but her somehow seemed extra confirmed to me you know what i mean right like of all of the the things that have happened in the me too era which i'm a supporter of this was the one i was like oh yeah oh oh yeah uh, maybe it's what i thought because i'm also the most familiar with him because mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. I've listened to so many episodes of Nerdist Podcast. And towards recently, I had stopped listening because he was getting kind of annoying. Yeah. And, and he just talked, look, look how much money I have. He's definitely like, like she mentioned in the, because uh, she never named him by name, but like her description of him, like it was just so apt, like the whole obsessed with fame, uh, only doing things to advance his career. It seemed, 
Like that fits his personality. Like you know what? It's weird. That was the part that made me believe it. Not the part where she said he sexually assaulted me, which I believe her. But it was with that line. I was like, oh my god, she nailed it. That's it. That's so him. Yeah. What from what I know, and you know, I think I did read, and I did read that. uh, And I don't want to get conspiratorial, but like you know, he's married to a fucking Hearst, and the Hearst family literally, like. I think they had a lawsuit simultaneously going with amc so like they hired you know you have the hearse as your lawyers so they didn't do a legal investigation it was like a network investigation and she's like i'm not doing anything that doesn't protect me legally that so she stands by what she said and i'm 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 with her 100 percent. yeah that's like one of the, that's actually one of the few instances where i have been able to kind of like separate it like i still rewatch at midnight Mainly yeah, because funny. it's not just him, you know what I mean? Like I'm watching yeah. it for the comedians that are on it. And yeah, you know what, man? I, I I'm not gonna fucking argue with anyone for just watching a Kevin Spacey movie. Like whatever you gotta do, just believe women. You know, what? <laughs> it, it just when someone tells you they've been molested or raped, just believe them. And if you want to watch, I still watch Silicon Valley, even though T.J. Miller is a piece of human garbage. Yeah, that whole. I don't so, know what's going on with that dude. So like, if you want just... to. If you want to like ignore the fact that he he's being accused of rape from college, you whatever, fine. But what about the fact that he just made that bomb threat or constantly reneges like nags the victims that he was accused by? And but you know, was, and I'm not defending him or Roseanne, but both of them have like T.J. Miller had like a brain tumor years ago, and he's had brain surgery, and Roseanne has been in a mental hospital. So I'm not saying that racism makes you. Um, illness makes you racist but those are the two people who have some sort of mental imbalance that i'm surprised they don't use to justify their weird behavior right and it, Explain, i think rather. i think part of it is good that they're not doing that because yeah it would it would essentially put like a stigma on those things you know what i mean yeah you're right you're right because i mean i work in the mental health field and i know plenty of people with illness who are not racist um Roseanne, I think, is the only person I feel like I can be more empathetic to because I've heard her story. But, yeah, she's... I do not like her as a human being. Yeah, she she strikes me as the type of person that, like, genuinely could have been racist the entire time. Oh, and she has been. If you, like, read up what she's been doing all these years. Like, she's all about, like, QAnon shit. And her, like... She's like, I thought the bitch was white! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, you didn't. First off, no, no one out there calls a white person a monkey. Like, let's just, I hate when people act surprised. I'm like, you're using language from the fucking Ku Klux Klan that's been around forever, so just shut the fuck up. We all know what you're doing. Exactly. It's not even hard. Little kids know not to do that. Yeah, I don't know. What other hot takes do we have about things that happened six months ago? <laughs> Should I break into our Jay Leno impression? Ah, so you hear about this one? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Donald Trump, hey. Yeah, it seems like he's to the nurse again, eh? Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, he treats on his wife, you know? I didn't realize, but he does the voice of uh, Crimson Chin on Fairly Odd Parents. Really? Donald Trump? No, not Donald Trump. <laughs> no, Jay Leno. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> Did not know that. I heard yeah. him on Marin recently. It was uh, interesting. He gets a lot of shit. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the whole Conan thing. Even from, like, before that, I think he's just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I got so, like, tribal with that whole thing. But now I look a lot back of people and, like, did. I, dude, I was one of them. But I was like, but I don't even watch Lionel. 
Right. Like I didn't watch those late night shows. Like I was asleep by the time they came on, but I yeah, was still like, I, fuck I you, like, Leno. Yeah. I was so mad. I went to the Conan tour of the casino in Connecticut. And it was awesome. That'd oh, the great. legally not allowed to be on TV or whatever it was. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I watched the uh, documentary he did from then. That was definitely a good watch. Oh, the Conan O'Brien can't stop. Yep. Yeah. You kind of got uh, a person that might not be uh, entirely well. He's, like, so bipolar, it's ridiculous. It's weird seeing, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff like that. Like, I just recently watched, um, I think it's called Jim and Andy or something like that. The uh, Oh, I saw that. Netflix? Yeah, the Netflix documentary of um, Man on the Moon. Like, the behind-the-scenes has been kind of hidden away. Because Jim Carrey's a fucking asshole. Yeah, because he went super method, and, like, he essentially tried to become... Uh, Andy Kaufman, and it was just so weird to see that. It kind of ruined the movie, because I liked Man on the Moon, but man, did it kind of ruin the movie. But then there's this other side to it where, like, his family is crying because they feel like his daughter is seeing his father, her father. Right, like, the family would, like, interact him and, like, refer to him like, hey, it's Andy, because they're just like, he basically has become this person. It was... It was odd. I just think I just think it's so funny that, like, he refused to break character so much that, like, Jerry Lawler actually beat the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, Jerry, you know what he's doing? But I'm like, Jim, he's another one who's not all there mentally. Yeah. And then Jenny McCarthy. Unfortunately. And their autistic child. Which was caused by vaccines, everybody. It's, yep. <laughs> Which is so dangerous. Yeah. And offensive, because it's also saying that you don't, like, care for people with autism. Exactly. That's like the biggest part of it is you're saying you'd rather have your child die, die. from a present- preventable disease than for them to be autistic. Yeah. So I, I have a brother-in-law who's autistic and I have friends and I, I, have, you know, I have clients I work with and, you know, we need awareness and we need education and we need to support people. Not, nah. Yeah. It's, she's such a, I think she finally backtracked, but God, what a bad thing she did. Oh, yeah. It's the reason I'm afraid my one-year-old's going to get whooping cough. <laughs> right. It's like, great, we're going to have smallpox show up again because it, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you, and there's the real serious stuff. It's for old people. Like, So my daughter was born prematurely and was in the NICU, so she couldn't get vaccines as quickly as other babies. And mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, terrified. But there's, like, a, a real concern of, like, I'm going to take her to a doctor's office. What if she's around one of these non-vaccinated kids who carries fucking whooping cough or smallpox or anything that you know what i mean and everything worked out fine for me but there are cases like that where people have sent their kids for whatever reasons they couldn't get a vaccine in the right time frame they go to daycare and then they die from like smallpox yeah and it's unfortunate like i love like the fact that like new england is very liberal but i think part of it is like this area of the country this is something where it is susceptible to happen because we have people who are quote-unquote open to like ideas like that it's it's the um, it's totally like you know how the right has their fringe crazies yep it's the left's fringe crazies are up yeah. in new england yeah it's totally like a southern california new england liberal it's liberal it's the insane left that right even, yeah absolutely and i'm not like knocking liberals like i would consider myself to lean more to the left anyways yeah but, like, me too. it's just like that that's the type of person that does this yeah, no, and and you can knock liberals all day. I'm fine with it. You can <laughs> knock anyone. I'm I'm 
I'm getting past that part of my life. I'm like, whatever, guys. Let's just all hang. Exactly. Awesome. Um, it's been wow, three hours. That was pretty quick. <laughs> Did we talk about anything? I don't remember anything. I feel like a lot of it was The Office. The yeah, office, I'm fine I with just, it. I think we unintentionally started The Office podcast. <laughs> oh, God, that would be so good. My friend uh, Kevin, who hosts Everything is Awesome, we keep joking about like podcasts we want to start, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that, man. I could, I would love to. But, like A part of me wants to do a Veronica Mars one, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, I know I'm not going to. I can barely keep this one going. Oh, I'm in the same camp. I'll be like, ooh, I could do that, that. Well, I can barely keep my main show going, so. Yeah, I, I got, I can get recently been very excited to, like, I'm going to quit. And thank God we had this book because I was having one of those, like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I just had two, like, really, I was on a big high from a couple episodes. And then I was just like, I don't want to set anything up yet. And I was like, yeah. I just won't record. And thankfully, I knew I wanted to have you on. So you're the, the reason it keeps going longer. Woo. You're actually going to be the first episode I will put out. Um, I left my network, so you'll be my first, like, um, out in the world. It won't mean anything, but it's still pretty cool. It'll be your first independent episode. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in a number of years. Because I've been on a few various networks. Hmm. So, uh, Where could uh, people find you online, unless there's something we were supposed to talk about that I completely ignored like I usually do? Um, basically just at Unearned Podcast. Um, right now the show is kind of on a hiatus. Been there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully it's coming back. I'm shooting for October to kind of bring it all back. Uh, hopefully life kind of calms down by then. But yeah, I was at like a stage where I basically was doing an episode a month and I was like until August. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it away for a little bit, kind of focus on life and then get back to it like a month or two later. I, I can't believe cause I used to think if you leave, you're done and no one will ever listen to you again. And I am happy to say that's not true. People will come back. I mean, you're going to lose some numbers, but whatever. It, yeah. it is a, it's an experience because I didn't give any warning. I just like up and left. And oh, I like, did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, yeah. People, this... will, people will come back to you. It's crazy. It's cool. Yeah. This is actually the third hiatus. My show has gone on and all, all three of them has just kind of been unannounced. And, I it, I felt kind of shitty doing it, but you know life gets in the way sometimes. So 